Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us tonight on the show. Jeff, DW, your host tonight, these million-dollar conversations that we have every week. We're glad that you're a part of them with us. Dave, how you doing, man? Good. Good to be with you again, Jeff. You're always doing good, man. Well, you know what? Some people might say I lie because I say good <laughs> often, but you know that's a relative term. Good compared to what? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not in a hospital. I'm not on a breathing machine or anything, you know. And it's it's always like you know you think somebody is limping and they're they're saying boy it's bad until they see somebody without legs, you know. Then it's I'm doing pretty good, you yep. know, kind of thing. So actually, it's interesting that we're good, you know. So that's how I answer good because nobody knows what that means. It seems like that's kind of our go-to answer, just in general. If you meet somebody new, usually you walk up, hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's yeah. move on. <laughs> We've talked about those levels of communication, haven't we, before? Yes, we have. It's really there. I mean, you've got certain levels of communication. And you and I on this program, we get down to level five, which is, you know, absolute truth that we begin to talk about with each other and invite all of our listeners to be a part of that. But the, the, the shallowest level is just some quick cliche that's meaningless. And that's normally how you answer things. And we're just in the habit of doing that. But I'm really thankful that we get to be honest on this show. And that's one of the things that one of the, one of the things that we live by on this show is to be Absolutely honest. And sometimes it's honest to a point where it hurts. I mean, some of the things that we share, some of the experiences we have, they aren't always good. And we're going to talk about some of those tonight even. And so we want you to be honest with us, share your thoughts anytime during the show. You can jump on the tweet back. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB or shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. Dave, I'm seeing a lot of headlines lately, and I've had quite a few conversations lately that have been a little bit less than comfortable, if you want to put it that way. Some friends of mine who are going through some health things, this has been kind of a, a week where I'm starting to think, man, what happened all this, the seasons of weddings and the fun times, and now I've got people that are just, they're going through difficult times in life. Yeah. And I'm seeing this more and more, more around people that I know than anything else. And that's, I have to be honest, it's one of those, it's been a harder season. Yeah. Think about it for a second. I think one of the books I wrote is Beyond the Expectations because one of the very great dangers in life that I see people is that our expectations are all wrong in comparison to what really happens. And since they're wrong, we're really disappointed in life. But when you think about it, everybody that you know right now is human. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and all humans have characteristics in a sinful fallen world. I mean, we're all going to get sick. We're all going to fight diseases. We're all going to die one day. I mean, we have those. And the more people we know, the more chance we have of being involved in hearing things that are not going well with various people at various times. And you know, it's interesting though, I found through life that those experiences can really set us off and be a bummer. They can kind of be like a, an eclipse. They can eclipse everything good if we start focusing on them. Yeah. We don't even see anything. In fact, uh, I think in psychology, they call it focalism. But we have this tendency to focus on a single thing 
to the exclusion of everything else. And it starts to take over our world. And before you know it, we can't even think about anything else because we're, we're so bummed out by a single or two single items when there's so many other things that are going well. I'll give you an example. There's, there's times where I look at young people that have grown up in the church and they've decided to run away from God and their lives are a mess and things are going really poorly. And I think, oh man, you know, the, the, it just doesn't seem to work what we're doing. I don't tend to look at all those lives that are walking with God and doing what they should do. It's like I want to look at the, the one area that isn't working all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that could destroy you. I would suggest to people that are listening that they really think about things in life that they're focusing on. Are there other things that you're excluding because you're focusing on some things that are kind of eclipsing the other things? And if so, what are they? And you'll find that now all of a sudden you can deal with things in a whole lot better manner because there are good things going on out there. There really are. Yeah, there are good things. And you're very right about the things that we decide to focus on. And I find that in my own life. Sometimes I get focused on me and my problems that I have and I start to just kind of internalize and begin to, like we talked about on the show before, we kind of go into our shell and this becomes kind of a habitual thing. We're not going to talk about shells again this week, but it's one of those things that sometimes in life, it can be difficult to go through and to navigate, especially when there's just so much uncertainty, it seems, around you. Yeah. And that's kind of our conversation tonight. And along with that, Dave, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on another thing as well, which kind of leads into our topic. I don't know if you've been noticing this, but I've been watching the news lately. And I know it's not always a great place to go to find hope and joy and all this stuff, but I don't know. I've just seen more headlines around this idea that there's life on other planets and space exploration and all this stuff. What do you think, Dave? Do you think there are maybe extraterrestrials or something on other planets? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Hey, let me ask you this. What would it matter if there is? That's a great question. It'd be neat to figure out if we're actually advanced in technology than they are or if they have... Yeah. You know, an iPhone 17,000 yet. I just wonder, you know, people can look at that. My background, my master's is in science and education. And, and I've often wondered when a, a teacher gets into something like, who cares? I mean, honestly, when you look at that, beyond curiosity, which is fine, I just wonder, is it really matter if like 400 billion light years away, there's another planet with people on it? You know, it's one of those things where I probably would never get there. So you're probably right if it yeah. matters to me, I guess. But in the in the grand scheme of things, it'd be interesting. You could put your pretend mind on and, and wonder if God created many universes and several places that will never connect. And, you know, I don't know. You know, I have no idea. And the Bible doesn't really give us that option. It tells us that he created Earth. It tells us that he created us special. And with those two things in mind, I just doubt there's life anywhere else. But, but I don't know for sure because the Bible doesn't address that there is or is not. But, but the way that it's talked about with life being created here on earth and the way that Jesus, God's son, came down to earth to, to give us that special attention, I, I just would believe we're a very unique life form. Uh, being created in the image of God would make us a very unique life form. Now, that does not exclude God from doing that other places, I guess, and us not knowing about it. There's no obligation that uh, I would have for God to speak to me and tell me that he's got a place, you know, on the backside of Pluto or something. Yeah, I've, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> but it's interesting to ponder. I just don't know how much time or money I would put into it because I'm not sure it would be relevant in the long run. Yeah, it is an interesting question. And you kind of ask those eternal questions too, like, okay, so if there is a God and there is life on other planets and you kind of get to thinking, is there life on other planets? Some, and sometimes people get wrapped up in these conversations. But the question that comes up, then did Jesus die for them? You know, did, yep. is that going to apply to them? And 
if it doesn't, then you kind of question, well, is that fair, I guess? And so you kind of, you can get your head wrapped up in a lot of these arguments, but some people, some young people are asking these questions today. And yeah. so I, I figured it was kind of one of those things to think about. And then the other part of this, a quote that I read this week, which I thought was completely profound, we're worried about life after death. We're worried about life on other planets, but how much are we concerned about life today? Like right now, life before death. I know you have some great thoughts on that, Dave, and I'd love to hear them. We'd love to hear from you guys, too. People today are concerned about, man, is there life after death? Is there really a heaven? Is there really a hell? You know, talking about these things, talking about is there people that live on other planets and this sort of thing, but how much do we really concern ourselves with what we're doing today, that we actually live life before death on our own planet? And I think that's kind of a relevant question today is, Dave, do we live our life in a way that actually is living life. Boy, that, that's something that's loaded. So we we probably should take a break in a little bit and get back to this in the next segment. But I tell you what, in the meantime, those that are listening, if you're confused about life or anything in life, we want you to go to hopenet360.com. There, there are live coaches there waiting to talk to you, and we encourage you to do that. And uh, really, anytime, any time of the day, any time of the night, any time of the week, uh, they're there. You're not alone. We know that conversations can save lives, so we want to turn you there, and we'll continue our discussion in a little bit here. Keep it right here on HopeNet Radio tonight. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff and DW with you tonight, Dave. Great conversation tonight. Life. And we're so concerned about life after death. We're so concerned about life on other planets. Uh, Many different points of life. We're researching and trying to figure out how to live longer. But I think the big question that we're not always willing to ask is, what does it mean to live life before death? Kind of that gap. See, there's going to be the time when we pass from this world. We kind of know that. I mean, every every single person, there's a 100% chance of death. And so what you're left with is you get buried, and there's probably going to be some kind of a tombstone. On that tombstone, there's going to be this dash, you know, this beginning point and this end point. And I think so many of us sometimes get lost in the mix of things and the, the chaos in life. And we forget to actually live life. And I'm kind of curious your thoughts on that because we could say, yeah, let's just live life. Yeah, well, let me ask you a question. What is it? How do we define life in the first place? There are certain, I guess there are characteristics of life that anything as simple as breathing, you know, your heart beating, your, okay. you know, your brain kind of operating and doing things. I mean, you're, you're moving in some ways. So there is a sign of life. Right. Yeah. You know, some people believe that life is just really the physical part of living, your heart beats and that kind of thing. I mean, if you were to go to some young person and say, why are you important? They struggle with that. Hmm. You know, am I important because I'm good at this or that? Or am I important because I breathe? Am I important because I eat? Am I important because I, you know, whatever. You, you talk to those who might be um, vegans or, or, or something and they say they don't want to you know, kill anything that's living. And I think, well, a lettuce plant is actually living. So that, that'll that be important to understand yeah. because they have a different kind of life. 
You know, I mean, when you think of it, there, you know, a maple tree, um, we tap into it and in the, in the, in the sap goes up and down the tree and it, it's got life in it. Mosquitoes have life. I mean, if you think about it. Yep. Um, and so the definition can't be just a merely existence. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what's, what's really interesting for me is, is the idea that, that if we understand how God made things, the life that we have, the physical life, is a part of the entire life that he gives us. And there's phases in life. Um, you mentioned them earlier. There's a phase in life where you're born, and there's a phase where you're a toddler, and then you grow up, and you're in you know, junior high eventually in high school. You get married someday or don't get married because there's many to choose not to, and that's fine. And But you're in that career stage or whatever, and then you you end up um, getting old and uh, falling apart again. And and that's that's pretty much the, the how that goes. Uh, now, what's interesting is I think if you really understand what the Bible teaches, that life is not does not have anything to do with breathing and heart and that kind of thing. It has to do with significance. Hmm. It has to do with the fact that God Almighty loves you so much that the separation because of sin that that we have. He decided to do something about by sending his son to make sure that we would not be separated from him because there's no life apart from him. There's no way to enjoy and be significant and be secure apart from God. And everybody that's listening today, if you are trying to be significant and secure apart from Jesus, you will not be able to do it. You will end up frustrated because what you're doing is trying to define life apart from God and there is no life apart from God. So you're going to be frustrated in the whole process. Uh, The the real simple solution is to realize that since there is no life apart from God, is to go and understand his love and respond to his love, become a part of his family. Now your life begins to take on significance as God begins to use you. And that significance is is incredibly important. Um, Those who do not feel significant in this world, it doesn't end well for them normally. Because it it doesn't seem to matter if they live or die. Have you ever heard anyone say that, Jeff? It doesn't matter whether I live or die. I have heard that, and, and they're usually in a point of life where they're very discontent, maybe depressed, and it's hard to be around those kinds of people for a long point of time yeah. because it, it can tend to just... That's not really what life is just about. No. Remember, I encourage our, our listeners to go back to HopeNet 360 and get the, the podcast of the former shows. But we talked one show in particular about the difference between being needed and wanted. Yes. Yeah. And, and one of the things is people think, okay, if I'm going to be significant in this life, if I'm going to have life, I need to be needed. Well, you can't be. <laughs> so, so when you realize that, when you realize you, you can't be needed, you flip out. Yeah. And you say, well, then it doesn't matter whether I live or die. No, that's absolutely wrong. Because the, the truth of the matter is you are stronger than needed. You're wanted by Almighty God who created the universe and gives you life. And he wants to include you in the things he does. He wants to include you in helping others. He wants to include you in his plans. That's what gives you significance right there. It isn't you that give yourself significance. And if you're trying to do it on your own, you're going to mess up. It's God that gives you significance. And so loving God, listening to him, walking with him, doing things with God, understanding the Bible, that's what gives you significance. Now you've got the significance and you're not saying it doesn't, you know, that I have no hope, I have no future. That's not true. You know, Dave Wager, no matter what shape I'm in, and, uh, you know, I'm getting older, and, and no matter what shape I'm in, I am 
useful to my father, the king. I have purpose for being here. I can look forward every morning to getting up and thinking, God, what are you going to do today? And would you let me in on it? Why? Because he wants me to be a part of it. That's a whole lot different than getting up in the morning and saying, well, I guess I got to survive throughout the day. You know, the Bible tells us that God came to give us life and to give it to us abundantly. It didn't say that he came to give us life and and that maybe we can drag through the day and, and, and possibly make it to the end of the day. Yeah. You know, that, that isn't how he, he stated it. In fact, he says this, the thief comes in John 10, 10 to only steal and kill and destroy. By the way, that would be Satan who, yes. who he, he's basically trying to steal from us the joy of life, steal from us our purpose, steal from us our significance. And he does that by trying to replace it with things that are really joyless and significant lists. I'm making up words, but. That's how he does it, and kill and destroy. That's all that Satan wants. He wants to use us and destroy us. And if you think about it, it's because God loves us. That's yeah. it. Yep. And he can't get God. You know, I, I've often said this. If you wanted to hurt Dave Wager, the, the worst thing to do is challenge me to a fight because I'm an old football hockey player. I love to fight. You know, I mean, it, it, even at my age, I would take you on, and I would think in my head, bring it on, pal, let's go. You know, and, and I, at this stage, I might that might be foolish, I understand. Yeah. But if you really want to hurt me, seriously, I have two daughters that I adore, and I have a wife that I adore. You go after them. And, and you would hurt me tremendously in a way that, that I couldn't do anything about. See, God knows that right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Satan knows that right now. He knows that he cannot beat God. If, if he came to God and said, let's bring it on, God would go, no kidding, by the breath of my mouth, I could wipe you out. You know, he knows that. Yeah. But he knows that, that the, the vulnerability right now is the fact that people have choices. And so Satan goes after people to try and destroy them with the choices because he knows that if, if he could get Dave Wager to feel irrelevant, if he could get me to feel insignificant, that, that kind of thing, if he could do that, if he could make me believe that I need to find life and, and money and power, and if he could make me do that and destroy me and separate me from God, he knows that's his opportunity to get to God because he can't beat God on his own. And that's, that is so true. I think one of the things that we always talk about, we always encourage is when we talk about living is that the more you give, the more you live. Absolutely. Coming up on tonight's episode, we've got some great guests in studio with us to talk about how they've been able to this summer to actually have a time of giving in their life and to doing some local missions work. And uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to sit down with a, with a guy and a couple young gals just to talk about what it was like to give of yourself. One of the keys to living life before death is to actually give of yourself. I think this is a huge principle, and I love it when young people get it. So we're going to talk with them when we come back here on Hope Net Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. Hope Net Radio on Q90FM. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW with you tonight. We're talking about life before death. It seems like we're so wrapped up in life after death. There's life on other planets, life outside of who we are, trying to find significance in real life. And tonight we're joined by some special guests. So excited to have Mike Ott back in the studio. It's been a while, man. It's good to have you back. 
Yeah, it's been a very long time. It's been a busy summer. Uh, we've been doing a lot of great things, and it's uh, always great to hang with you and Dave. I know we talked about at the beginning of summer, we talked about not letting your summer go to waste. And my understanding with your crew that you have in studios tonight, that you found a way not to let summer go completely to whatever you feel like doing. Yeah, we've kept the teenagers busy at our church. Uh, I'm uh, the youth pastor there, and uh, we've had camp and all sorts of things. But uh, one of the things that we were looking forward to was a mission trip. We were planning to go to Minnesota and uh, serve with a couple other churches up there. And uh, about two and a half weeks leading up to the trip, I got this dreaded phone call and no youth pastor wants to hear. And that's a cancellation in the whole trip. That was an hour before youth group. I had parents coming up, handing their permission forms in, asking me, what should I do here? What should I do there? And I was like, "Uh, how about you put that on hold? They canceled the trip. By then, went from parents, the youth heard, and it kind of got all around, and it was like, what do we do? No youth group mission trip, or do we try to get into another organization? What do we do? And so it was kind of a little frustrating, but at the same time, within the next day or two, got on the phone, looked at a couple different organizations, called another youth pastor uh, that's about 30 minutes away, same thing. They were going to that trip. They're like, why don't we do something in our backyard? And it kind of just went from there, and two and a half weeks, we planned our own mission trip to Appleton in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's awesome. Why don't you introduce your guests tonight, Mike? Okay, I got some of my uh, teenagers that went on the trip. I got a few of my faithful few, as well as I have a whole bunch of other ones that went on the trip as well. But I got Bree. Say hello. Hi. (laughs) And then I got Tyler. Hello. And then I got Kayla. And so um, they were three of our uh, teenagers that went on the trip. Really proud of them. They served the community well, um, spoke about Jesus with kids and older people, and uh, did a really good job. And I'm um, looking forward to hearing some of the stories that continue to develop even out of the trip. So, Yeah, and if you're new to HopeNet Radio, this show is really about conversations that save lives. And one of the things that we do talk about, one of the principles of living a hope-filled life is that you go and you don't just live for yourself, but you look for ways to Give other people hope. Man, I don't know if you guys know this whole, all the backstory of canceling a missions trip, but man, sometimes you think, well, man, I was going to go to Africa or something. You know, I, I got to go somewhere far away to, to have an impact in people's lives. Like, what are we going to do? Like panicking. Mike, were you panicking at that point? Yeah, there was a little bit of panic. Uh, there was a little bit of I didn't want to say no. Uh, you have two choices probably in that situation. You say, okay, well, uh, it's canceled. Let's not do anything or start over from you know scratch and try to figure out what to do. And so there was a little bit of panic, but within two or three days, uh, God really came through for us. And uh, that was encouraging. And some days there were, you know, I'm like, this is not coming together very good. And then there were other days where I was talking with different people uh, in the community, different organizations that we were trying to partner with. And they're like, you don't understand. We needed somebody to come at this time. And so your group was perfect um, to be able to volunteer. And I remember even going up to uh, one place in town, Cup of Joy, uh, and they uh, do a lot of music venues and they also have a lot of people that reach out and they were feeding the homeless on Saturday and they're like, why don't you just have a couple teenagers show up, help them tear down. 
And uh, so I showed up, and they had forgotten to mention we were showing up. And so there were quite a few volunteers when they just saw us were just so happy. The the leading lady was like, gave me this big hug, and she's like, you don't, she didn't say anything about you showing up, but you're amazing to be here, and we're so happy. And she started going around to all the volunteers and saying, hey, you don't have to worry about tearing down. I know you're tired. And there was a lot of older people that were helping out, and they were really excited. Mm. And so the team was able to tear down after their event, as feeding some of the homeless and the people uh, here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So, Bree, what was that like when you heard that your mission strip was no longer going to be hundreds of miles away, that now you're going to have to stay in your own community? Was that like an odd idea to you? Well, when we were we showed up at youth group that night and Mike had told us that, we were like, oh my gosh, sad now. Because we were like, we all were getting so excited about it. And then when, like two and a half weeks later, when Mike and Tony, they came up with a new idea, I was like, yeah. Yeah, because I was looking forward to going on one. But like right in your own backyard, wasn't that? Do you ever think about going on a missions trip literally in your own community? Actually, no, because I thought it was like whenever I think of a missions trip, I think of going somewhere. I never like had a thought to come to my mind. Like it could be like right in my backyard or right out my front door. Tell me the experience. What was your favorite part or maybe the favorite thing that you were able to do on this missions trip? I'd have to say my favorite part was when we did the block parties where we invited a bunch of children and we got to like talk to them about bracelets, <laughs> these gospel bracelets. I just thought that was really fun. And tell me about the gospel bracelets. What's that what's um, that all about? These gospel bracelets, they're five different colors and they were made in the Philippines. We had got some of them and each color means something different. First color is yellow or like a gold color and that means that God loves you and yeah. And black stands for all the sin that we have in our hearts. Next color is red, and that's the blood that God shed for us. Jesus shed for us on the cross to forgive our sins. And this white is like stands for purity, like washing our sins away when we ask when we ask Jesus into our hearts. And this green color stands for growth in Jesus. For example, like going to church and praying growing in him discipleship process living out your faith that's awesome tyler can you talk a little bit about just your own experience i mean you're a guy was it also odd for you to to go on a missions trip pretty much outside your doorstep was that a, a weird thing or was that just kind of all right cool well i go with the flow i it was pretty fun doing it i was excited doing minnesota because we did a mission trip the year before with this same group with uh Hands for hope. And uh, they, it was fun down there, but it was still cool seeing all the faces. Some of them we could recognize, some we don't even know. But it's cool being in our own backyard. We don't have to go anywhere, and it's just fun. So for you on this trip, what was your favorite part? I would have to say the nursing home or the helping, uh, yeah, the nursing home. It was fun to help them uh, see all the shining faces, and they were all lit up when they saw the young kids come in and help them out, and they were all happy with the music and the preaching and stuff. Did you wish on some of those days that you could have slept in? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was tired a lot, but I still pushed through. God gave me the courage to push through and the strength, too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Kayla, uh, you're the, the vocal one of this group. Your experience with doing missions trip, have you been on a, a missions trip before? Oh, yeah, I've been to the one in West Bend last year, and it was a lot of fun. And I think, though, that I liked this one because we got to see areas that we could help in our own communities that are maybe 20 minutes away and they aren't too far, and we could always we can go back easily. And I liked seeing the different 
community outreaches that we have that are just so helpful to so many people and how they impact our, their lives and how we can be part of that again. I have in, in my notes here that you guys were able to kind of experience some Vietnamese culture. What was that like for you? It was good. I didn't know what to really expect when we first got there, but I enjoyed the food and I wasn't sure if it'd be really spicy, but it wasn't bad. It was just really delicious. And we got the manager of the store got to share some of his culture from before he came over to the U.S. And it was just interesting to hear all the things and it was just a great experience. Subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Just visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast and make sure you leave a review for us. We'd love for you to help us to connect with other listeners and people who need hope in their lives. So connect with us, HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Coming up in the second half of the show, we'll sit down with our guests, the Hope for the Fox Valley crew with Mike Ott. Keep it here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, your host tonight. Get connected with us right now in the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also, check out tonight's show notes. We've got some notes and some things we're talking about on the show tonight about life before death. And we're going to continue our conversation with our special guest, Mike Ott, back with us for some time talking about hope for the Fox Valley. Mike, it's it's great to hear, especially from your students, just how missions doesn't have to necessarily be hundreds of miles away, thousands of miles away. Sometimes we get to thinking that if I'm going on a mission trip, man, it better be somewhere exotic, somewhere out of this country where I can go and pet zebras and do really awesome work. And now that petting zebras isn't awesome or whatever and making a missions trip, but there's work that can be done right outside of our back door and talk about where you guys went, what you guys were doing. And uh, then I want to hear some stories from some of these guys too, of really what that experience was like. We decided uh, to call the the group something. We called it Hope for the Fox Valley because we were going to be in Appleton, one of the cities in northeast Wisconsin, as well as Green Bay. And so, and a little bit in between. So we decided, hey, what would be a great name to call this? And we decided Hope for the Fox Valley. Just stuck. We were looking at t-shirts because t-shirts are cool. Yellow is nice. I can find my teenagers in case they get lost. Uh, That was one of my thoughts. Uh, (laughs) And I started designing a t-shirt and found this one uh, shirt company. And they had these like Chuck shoes on the middle of the shirt had this theme verse romans ten fifteen. how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news i loved it and so i decided just to throw hope for the fox valley and uh, throw in 2015 and the shirt developed and it created unity for the youth group uh, people saw us come in literally saw us come in because uh, we had about 30 people in our youth group between the appleton youth group and the green bay youth group partnered with a lot of organizations in Green Bay. There was about six or seven uh, within Green Bay and a couple more down in Appleton. Uh, We worked with people that did it for, you know, they don't just do it for the week. They do it year round. They're in the communities, investing, telling people about Jesus, uh, feeding the hungry, clothing those that need clothed. So we worked a lot with like uh, food and clothing distribution, uh, soup kitchens, 
Uh, we worked with uh, an organization called Phillips Missions, who um, they house homeless people, help them to get back on their feet. We were able to do some garden work, some mulching, some cleaning. We did uh, Because You Matter Ministries. That was working with the assistant living, a little bit what Tyler was talking about earlier, working with those people that might not have their children come in to talk to them. They might not even have much human reaction outside the nurses. We were able to go in and talk with them and love on them and uh, spend a time during the service. Uh, we talked about the Viennese and the Hmong um, manager that was able to share a little bit of his culture. He also played a flute, one of the coolest things. It was a weird-looking instrument. It did not look like the traditional flute that you would think of. This thing had, like, pipes everywhere. It looked like a, I don't know, I'd say bagpipes, to a flute, to a trumpet. I don't know. I'm not a musician, but uh, it was pretty crazy, and he played it for us. Uh, we were able to share the gospel with him. We partner with PowerLink, even though they're an organization that's been around for 15 years in Green Bay, working with inner city kids, feeding them, um, sharing the gospel with them. They took vacation this week, so we were able to go in, and uh, we partnered with them by doing something with the kids while they were away, so we were able to uh, invest in the kids and talk to the kids about uh, Pastor Carl and all this stuff. So we did a lot of partnerships. We didn't create what, you know, new things. We went and did it with organizations. And then at the end of the trip, I encouraged my teenagers, hey, look, they're right down the road from us. Talk with your parents. If your parents are okay with it, you can volunteer anytime you want. They're there. Um, you don't have to wait for 2016 and the next mission trip. It's right there in your backyard. I want to hear from some of you guys too. Kayla, this isn't your first missions trip, but how is this one different from other missions trips that you've been on? Um, we got to actually go and be in the community more, and I liked seeing all the different organizations that were just so available for everyone. And if you needed that help, they'd be there for you, and I just really liked seeing that. And helping with the kids was probably my favorite part because I find it easier to talk to kids than some older people. We just got to share with them the word, and some of them knew what this stuff meant, and others just it was like their first time, and it was just great to see their reactions and how readily they were to like knowing about it. How did this trip impact you? Because oftentimes you think, if I go on a missions trip, I'm gonna I'm gonna change somebody's life, you know, or I'm gonna change the community. But how did this trip actually work on you? I really feel like it helped me to grow closer to God and just be more willing to share with people because I'm all, I'm a little more re- reserved, I feel, when it comes to new people that I don't necessarily know. But it just helped you. You were out there and you were sharing with everyone who would listen. And it was just really great to practice that as well. That's awesome. And I mean, that for anyone that's been on a missions trip, there's kind of that understanding that something's going to happen in me. And and Tyler, I want to know kind of what that was like for you. What was your experience? Well, it was an interesting experience. At the beginning, Mike had me pray in the ahead of people. And if you've ever prayed in front of people, it can be nerve-wracking. And uh, But I ended up praying in front of them. I did a good job and stuff. Other teenagers started opening up after they see a teenager opening up and praying in front of people. So it helped me grow closer to God. But it also helped uh, other teenagers open up and get closer to God. I can be open sometimes. I can be, in some new people, I'm always quiet sometimes. But it's a missions trip. You have to be open. Otherwise, you can't. If you shut yourself out, stay in your bedroom or play video games, you're not going to be able to grow closer to God or even just meet new people because it's cool to meet new people. Well, and even new experiences. There were probably some things that you did on this trip that were just brand new for you, weren't there? Yeah, um, helping uh, with Philip's mission, doing some guardian work. I've never tilled like how they tilled it. They would (laughs) 
go out hard and do all this handwork, and we usually just use the tiller right through it. Right. So. And so besides the blisters, I mean, did something happen in you? Was there something that you learned from that? Yeah, it was a community garden, and I was like, hope, I was hoping that a whole, a whole bunch of community would help out, and it would be nice to see because uh, they're Becky, the person that helps out on Phillips Mission. She shares the gospel with people, and if the community garden gets going, she can share with everybody, and it opened up a whole new door for them. Bree, what was this trip like for you personally? Did you go on the trip thinking that you were just going to make a difference in other people's lives? Yeah, kind of. I felt like I would get closer to God, and I felt myself like being more out there than all like isolated to myself. Yeah, I'm really good with talking to kids because I feel like they're easier to talk to. And I just think to myself, I'm like every time I talk to a, a kid or a person about God and Jesus, I'm planting like a little seed in them and then they'll learn more. So what did you learn about yourself on this trip? Like were there moments where you felt like you were stretched? I learned that I can talk to people well, like little kids well. What made you want to go on this trip in the first place? Um, what made me go on to go on this trip is to get out of my house because... Well, I just don't want to sit there all summer doing nothing and uh, hanging out with new people and getting closer to them and getting closer to God and traveling. All good reasons to do missions work and do some kind of missions trip. Uh, I think that's such a valuable thing for young people today and to actually find ways, find opportunities to go and to serve, just serve people. I think sometimes we just think, well, I'm bored. You know, it's summertime. I wish my friends were here. I could do something or, you know, going to camp or whatever. And so some of those things are definitely good things. But like at the end of summer, you look back and you think, man, I wish I would have done something, you know, and you guys went and did something, which is awesome. You did something that was productive, that benefited other people. And it also showed yourself what you're capable of doing as well and kind of stretch you in those ways and so mike hats off to you for being a youth pastor that really cares about his his young people teenagers actually stretching themselves and doing something positive final encouragement mike what do you think for a young person that's listening tonight that's been maybe on the fence maybe they had an opportunity they kind of passed it up what would be some good reasons or maybe just ways to overcome some of those doubts like not being able to raise enough money or not having enough time what would you say to them Pray first. Uh, there's a lot of times where, you know, we overlook that aspect. If you really think you're supposed to do something, you're supposed to do something great for God, ask him and ask him, hey, which direction do I need to go? This missions trip costs very little compared to what it would have cost for um, to go out of state or even out of the country. And so even if you don't have a lot of money, don't let that discourage you because you can do big things for God just in your backyard. Also, I'd encourage you to talk to your youth pastor. Your youth pastor's there for you. He's in that area. Talk to your parents. Ask them what they think. Talk to people that are going to encourage you. Talk to teenagers that have gone on mission trips before. Have you never gone on a mission trip before? Talk to some of them. Ask them, hey, what was the fun thing? What what was something that was really hard and you had to like overcome it, survive the week? Ask questions and then, you know, just go after it. Uh, If you just think about it or you just talk about it and you don't actually go do it, then it wasn't worth thinking about it. It wasn't worth talking about it. And it really wasn't worth praying about it if you're not going to just jump out there and do it. Power Link was probably the thing that scared me, the craziness. Um, You know, going to a park, I watched them do it with the kids and then said, how am I going to do it? Just jumping out there and doing something that you've never done, you got to do it. So don't be afraid to jump out and uh, God gets the glory in the end. Thanks for coming on the show, you guys. If you want to learn more about Hope for the Fox Valley and see some of the stuff they did, we've got links in our show notes tonight at HopeNet360.com. Keep it here on HopeNet Radio. 
If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Special thanks to our guests tonight, Mike Ott and his students for their work with local missions projects. If you're interested in learning more about that, connect with us at hope at hopenet360.com. We'll set you up with Mike. And if you have questions, if you want to learn more about what they did, you can shoot him some messages that way. So connect with us on the tweet back right now. We are hanging out on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Dave, it's been a great conversation. You know, life before death, this is a very a very big discussion because it can take a lot of different forms. Yep. You know, the life we see in America usually is... How do I make myself the most comfortable, most convenienced, most in some ways isolated or insulated, as you would call it? We'd like to build our picket fences and establish our boundaries and make our, our, our lives nice and neat. And, and I don't know that that necessarily plays that well, but that seems to be kind of the American way, the yeah. life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Those things are good things, noble things, but I don't think it's all about comfort. It's all about setting yourself up for convenience. I mean, those things are nice, but at the end of the day, we could be the most convenienced, miserable person, I yeah, think. That's obvious. There's so many uh, people through the years that have been extremely well off, um, had people serving them left and right and miserable in life and committed suicide because they couldn't figure out how to be significant. And when you think about it, American Idol or whatever, you think about everyone looking at you and wherever you go, people know your name and it still doesn't work. You're right, because the Bible tells us that it is God that gives us life. In fact, in John 10, 10, we talked about uh, a couple segments ago that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that they may have life. You know, I, I find it interesting, Jeff, that the Bible doesn't say I came so that they wouldn't end up in hell. That is true. Yeah, it says I came to give them life. Yep. And that's what we have to understand. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say I'm about either one of those. He said, I am those things. Mm. I am the life. So without Jesus, see, there is no life, there is no significance, there is no purpose without Jesus. And, and if those that are listening again do not understand that and they, they need to understand the relationship they can have with God, go to HopeNet360.com, talk to a live coach about that because there is no way that you can ever have life without really understanding how much God loves you and responding to his love, you know, through Jesus. And that's important to be able to do. You know, I, I, I think that we could get a little practical here, too, when you're thinking about the, these students that you were talking to, you know, serving. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, that's what you need to do. I've seen more good things in the soil of service, more good things grow than, and, than anything else. People begin to see God. They begin to get significant because we were created to look at each other. And to think, what do I need to do to help you be the best you can be and not focus on me? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is critical because we were created to be that way. Now, when Jesus was asked, you know, what Christianity was about, it, he said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. You do those two things, which you can do. Mm-hmm. If you do those two things, then the significance of life and the security of life actually are abundant in your life. And, and if you look at those two, you know, loving the Lord your God, all right, what does that mean? Well, it means spending time with him. It means knowing who he is for real it, and not listening to somebody else talking about him, but spending time with him yourself in the Bible. And, and then the Bible will tell us that if you really love him, you obey him. It doesn't say if you obey him, you love him. It says if you love him, you'll obey him. Yes. And, and that's because you got to know him. And the second part of that that Jesus answered was love your neighbor as yourself. It's really interesting. As you look at that, you go, hmm. 
you know, like here's what I would suggest that when people get up in the morning, they could put a sign somewhere, a little sticky note on the mirror, whatever, you know, just think about this. When I meet people today, whoever it is, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, I'm going to look them in the eye. That that's so important. Humans are made to be relational and we're made to look at each other in that sense. And I think it's important that you look people in the eye. You say, well, I'm uncomfortable doing it. Yeah. Ask yourself why. And we won't go into that in the show, but that, you know, look them in the eye and ask yourself this before you say a word. Just pray real quickly. If you're a believer, if you're part of God's family, pray this. God, what can I do to make this person's life the best it can be? And then start responding to to what they talk about or whatever else. And see, now you've already got the framework for service and success. And, you know, it's not even that hard to do when you think about it. Mm -hmm. Get in the habit. You, You know what we're in the habit of doing? We're in the habit of checking people out, lusting, doing that kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, some guy looks at some girl and thinking, ooh, nice. You know what that means? It, that means that, that you'd actually be willing to use that person and hurt that person for your own good. Mm-hmm. That's not what we want to do. That doesn't bring life. Yep. That doesn't help anybody have life. That robs from us. That's the stealer and the destroyer. That's why you get in the habit of looking people in the eye and asking, what is it that I can do to make your life the best it can be? And then and talk to them. The other thing I would suggest, obviously, is when you get up in the morning, get up a little early and just spend some, some time in God's Word. Open it up and read it. And then go over a list of things that you want to do that day. I mean, you know, it could be very simple. God, I got to go to school and I got to. And as you, as you go over the list, pray about it. I got to go to school. Good. I'm going to meet people on the bus I'm, or, or I'm going to go to work. You know, good. I'm going to meet people, you know, at the gas station, whatever it might be. <laughs> and, and ask God, you know, ask in the prayer, God, help me see the needs of those around me. Open my eyes. Now, all of a sudden, God could, your position for God to use you. That position is where your significance comes from, not actually doing it. What's interesting about that is when you, when you pray that way or when you, when you talk to God that way, it takes the pressure off of you. I think there's so much anxiety that builds up about so much the unknown. So you could be dreading the school bus ride. You could be dreading you know, running into somebody that you know, you know on your way to school because you're you know, just a fearful kind of a person. But when you pray, when you open yourself up to what God is wanting to do in you, when you make yourself available to God, that puts all the pressure on him yep. for the outcome, doesn't it? Yeah, and you're just looking for the opportunities for God to include you. So let's say you're on a school bus. What are you doing? You're looking for that one person that's sitting there all by themselves and all lonely. And you're going to go sit by him and say, hey, who are you? You know, how are you doing? Where do you live? I mean, it just showed genuine interest in him. Now, God could have used you that morning to do something, to encourage somebody, you know, that kind of thing. Instead of just sitting there in your own world, on your phone, typing things in, I mean, that kind of thing. It's important for us to be relational. It's important for us to understand that there actually is a plan today. And because that I'm, I'm a child of God, and if you're not a child of God, this makes no sense to you. But, but those that are children of God, those that have put their trust in Jesus, understand that their, their sins have been paid for by, by Jesus. We have access to God. We're in his family. Now, God wants to use us in this world. And our significance does not come from our comfort or our circumstances, but it comes from our service. And, and our service comes from when we're looking around and trying to figure out who in the world today I can be a part of their life. You know, when I get out of bed in the morning, Jeff, I don't like getting up, but I get up very early. And some have accused me of, well, you're a morning person, and I am. <laughs> but I hate that moment from my leg on the bed to the floor. Yes. And I mean, that's the moment that yeah. I'm sitting there going, yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> but once it hits the floor, then my mind goes to, God, I'm still here. Still heart beating, still here. Get, include me today. Mm. 
whatever you're doing, I want to be a part of. Now, now think about that in the world of significance at that point. Yeah. You know, or if, let's contrast it some other way. You get up in the morning and you go, oh, man, I got to go do things I don't want to do. I got to go to work or I got to go to school and I got to sit through classes. And poor me, I hope I make it to the end of the day. Now, I'm telling you something. Those that start one way like that, they're going to be miserable by the end of the day. Yep. The other people will come home and go, whoa, I'm tired, but what a good tired. You know, I met this person I helped here. I, I was able to encourage a teacher. I was able to encourage a coworker, you know, whatever it was. And they're so excited about what God's doing. Life is different. So if you want life and life abundantly, it comes from God. It doesn't come from circumstances in your life. It comes from you loving God as you're made to be and loving people. And this plays out a lot of different ways. I, I'm not trying to bash convenience or convenience stores or any of those things. I think it's it's looking deeper, though, at our life. It's asking that bigger question. Okay, we're, we're concerned about life outside of this world. We're concerned about life after death. Is there really a heaven? Is there really a hell? I don't know if those things exist. And so there's a lot of debate on that. But I think the discussion has to then turn to, well, what does it mean to live life? You know, when we talk about right. the life eternal, Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. And uh, then it also talks about in John, John three sixteen. God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that he whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And that Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn the world, but to save it, to bring healing and to bring hope and restoration in that. Talking about life eternal, eternal life to me, that's always a big phrase. And I've kind of wondered in the last, I don't know, few years of my life, am I living the eternal life now? Can you live the eternal life now? And I think sometimes we just relinquish that to what happens after we die. But I think there's got to be a part of eternal life that can be applicable to our lives today. Do you, have you ever thought about it that way, Dave? You know, I have. And, and I think we need to talk about this more and uncover it. So let's take a break and uh, come back and talk a little bit more about what it means to have life and have it abundantly. All right. Subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcast app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast, and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Great conversation going on right now on our tweet back. If you're on Twitter, jump in with us. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We'd love to have you in on this conversation tonight. Big conversation about life before death. It seems that we can be so easily wrapped up in our own world, our own things. And all of a sudden, we look back on our life and we think, man, did I miss like a season of my life? Did I miss some things and, and not necessarily you're missing out on something, but Dave, you kind of brought up an interesting point. I don't know if we want to go here because it's wrapping things up tonight, but one of the ways it's so easy to get distracted than anything else, I think distracted living is what keeps us from living life abundantly or living life to its fullest and uh, to really finding what brings us significance and what makes us significant and secure in our life is technology and mm-hmm. technology in one way is convenient for us. You know, I can, I can pull up my phone and I can use a calculator. I can also make a phone call with it. I can send a message across the world with that. You know, I could jump on and do a search for the restaurant down the street or the local convenience store that I need to go and, and run some errands to. I can do anything with this piece of technology in my hands 
But at the same time, today's generation of young people, you said it before, you just sit on the bus and you're, you know, texting and messaging people and Facebooking and Snapchatting and all these things. And next thing you know, you're at school and you're like, I don't even remember the bus ride, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden life becomes that where it's like, I don't even remember what I did last week. I don't, you know, and I don't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday, but at the same time, I don't want to miss big moments in my life that should have been big moments. But in that case, they were really insignificant to me. Yeah. You know, there's a great danger in technology and there's a great benefit to technology. But one of the great dangers is that we were made to be relational and relationships are not online. People would argue with me. They still do. I have a relationship online with people, whatever it is. Not really. Relationships need to look at each other in the eye. And you say, well, I could do FaceTime. Yeah, it's different when you're in person and you could look at them and talk to them and and be a part of their life right then. You know, relationships that are, are done through electronics are not real relationships. And I know, again, people would disagree with me, but they're really not. Relationships involve being able to touch and be able to reach out, being able to look and being able to understand each other just by being in each other's presence. It's amazing how much we talk with our bodies, our body language. Yes. You know, even our voices. I mean, when when you and I are talking on the radio, we have certain inflections and certain people can tell a little bit more what we're talking about by the tone in our voice and by the way we do it. That's really hard texting. That's really hard on, on emails and kind of things because yeah. it's just harder to understand the tone. In fact, we've come up with all kind of symbols to give people tone, hmm. you know, on there. And if I accidentally have my capital lock on, look out because it looks like I'm shouting at people, I guess. Yes. You know, and, and, and I'm not really shouting. I just left my capital <laughs> thing locked. Yeah. Um, it's really hard. I've had more misunderstandings electronically than ever face-to-face. Yeah. Because even face-to-face, when you say something, you could look at the puzzled look on their face and say, oh, man, I didn't, you know, maybe you didn't understand what I just said. Yeah. But if you text it, you can't see the puzzled look on their face. Right. And you think you communicated. It's probably why people don't text me anymore. Yeah, that could be. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know what? I think texting has taken over a lot of areas in life. I mean, people text rather than almost anything else. Oh, yeah. But there there is no emotion there, really. There's just, I mean, you could put emojis there or something, I guess, but... In the process, it's really difficult to communicate. We were made to be relational. And Satan, I believe, would do anything to just get us off center a little bit on that. Mm -hmm. To have us believe that electronics equal relationships. So we spend all of our time there. How many times, Jeff, have you been somewhere where you've seen people out together, but none of them are looking at each other and none of them are talking to each other? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Whether it be a restaurant or whether it be, you know, a guy was telling me he was watching a movie and uh, he was out at some theater and, and he said that, that there were three people, I think, in front of him. And the whole movie, they were texting back and forth to somebody. They didn't look at each other. They didn't watch the movie. Yep. They, you, you know, it was like they weren't even there. They, they paid money to go watch this movie and they were texting the whole time to somebody. <laughs> it's like, my goodness. Yeah. I, you know what I think? I think that we forget how to enjoy the present. I think we forget how to enjoy each other. And instead, we're looking at what's not here right now Yeah. rather than what is here. Yeah, and I have to say I'm totally guilty of that. You know, I've sat in a room around people, and I've been soaked into my own world. And I think every one of us 
we've all been in there at some point in our life, whether we're on electronic device or we're just checked out. I think it, it doesn't have to be just a technology thing. I think there are times where whether we're overwhelmed with something in life or right. for some reason, we don't really want the connection with people. And yet we really need it. And Dave, I don't know. I, I kind of wonder the question, will we ever have relationships apart from our devices anymore? And I don't know if we're going to be completely the other way on that where we won't be able to have social interaction in a circle we'll have to actually get out our devices just to actually communicate again i think though there is a way that god has wired us to have real relationships that if technology went away if all we had was a pen and paper or maybe some stone tablets again and we had to go back to to that we'd probably choose to sit around and and sit on our rocks and actually have an open conversation and talk about the weather or talk around a bonfire, what's going on in our life, what our dreams are, our hopes are, our fears are in our life. And we'd start to actually have relationships about that. Relationships in life, again, they're not necessarily essential. You know, you kind of mentioned that in the side, and I'd like to have a conversation on this at some point about not having to be married. I think in our culture, we're convinced that there's a certain way to live. And if you don't line up with that style of life or that kind of a life, then you're insignificant. You don't have a real purpose in life or you're just missing out on life. I I would disagree with that. I would say, yeah, relationships again are a big, important part of our life, but they're not everything in life. I think though, there is one relationship that is super critical to know where you stand. And that is your relationship with God. And if you want to learn more about that, what that means, that might be a foreign concept to you. Go and chat with a live coach right now at hopenet360.com. But Dave, as we're wrapping up this big conversation tonight, life before death, Concerned about life on other planets, I don't know if E.T. is out there. I don't know if he went back home and now we have to go find him and rescue him. There's going to be you know, a sequel of E.T. someday. I know it's been quite a few years, but even if we never find life on another planet, we should really be concerned with life here on this earth. What's a couple of things that we can take away yeah. from tonight? First of all, that E.T. dude's kind of ugly. Let him go. <laughs> we, we don't need to find him. Bottom line really is God made us to love him. So if we want to understand life and have life, we need to be in a position to be in his family. We need to understand that we need to deal with the sin in our life through Jesus and then be in his family and spend time with him, enjoying who he is. And secondly, he made us to love others. That's the relationship part with others. And, and it's important that we understand that. I think you're using the relationship term actually as being married and that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm just saying relationships with other people. And what we've done is we've mistakenly made relationships with things, cars, phones, TV, football teams, whatever. And we weren't made to have relationships with those things. And so it's weird and we don't have life. If you want to have life, you got to live it the way God made it. And he made it to love him and love one another. And that's your choice. But it may mean that you turn off the phone for a while, turn off the TV and actually look at somebody and enjoy being with them. Absolutely. Acts seventeen twenty eight. This is talk. This is Paul talking to these people. Uh, some of the background of the story. He went to Athens and just met some people there, and he saw this statue to an unknown god. These people were very religious, and he went and and saw the statue. And he's like, "Wow, that's interesting. I know. I think I know who this god is you're talking about." So in Acts 17, starting at verse 24, he is the god who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole world. 
He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. This is amazing. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him, in God, we live and move and exist. I love that. Live, move, exist. That's life. But it's, it's incomplete without God. I love that verse. And uh, we could talk more about this on Twitter. Join us for the tweet back. We're on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Share your thoughts. And if you want to, you can email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. Go and download this podcast tonight. Let's live life together. And uh, check it out, hopenet360.com slash podcast is where you can subscribe. And we're going to live life together before death. There is life before death. You can find it. Thanks for joining us tonight on the show. We'll see you guys online in next week. Bye.